Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss what customers have to say about customer experience, how packaging can be designed for specific situations, and how one pizza brand saved New Year's Eve. Surveys, situations, and saviors. Oh, my. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Dan and I wanted to kick off Season 3 by sharing some more details about the fun new partnership we announced at the end of last season. Throughout Season 3, we're going to be working with our friends at the Cytel Group to bring you some fantastic customer experience research and to share new ideas around brand loyalty and engagement. Now, our work together is going to culminate with a live audience recording at Cytel's Empower CX event in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on April 9th and 10th. And we are super excited to take the experience this show on the road for the very first time. Woohoo! I feel a road trip coming on. In future episodes, we'll be sharing even more details about that live event where hopefully some of you, our listeners, can come and meet up with us in person. But for today, we wanted to share a great piece of research that Cytel just released called the 2018 CX Index. You can find it by going to explore.cytel.com. S-I-T-E-L dot com slash experience this. That's explore.cytel.com slash experience this. And if you didn't get a chance to catch that, just check out the show notes for episode 56 on our website and you'll be able to find it there as well. The 2018 CX Index features the results from a survey Cytel did at the end of 2018 with 1,200 U.S. adults over the age of 18. A 17-question mobile survey explored how does experience affect brand loyalty and what forms of customer engagement are most meaningful to today's customer. The survey looked at customer experience themes like brand loyalty, preferred channels of engagement, customer service frustrations, and much more. While the index breaks down the results of the 17 survey questions, in our CXPress discussion, we wanted to focus on two of the questions we found particularly interesting. First and foremost, when asked the question, if you had a positive customer experience with a brand and you were going to post a positive review online, which best describes your motivation, led to some interesting insights around customer behaviors. 48.83% said, I would want others to know about my experience so they shop with this brand as well. 28.33% said, I want to show the brand that I'm thankful for the positive experience. And 19.67% said, I believe it would provide positive reinforcement to the brand. 
The nearly 49% of people that said they wanted to share their positive experience of the brand with others so that other people would shop with the brand must be music to the ears of customer experience managers and loyalists around the world. We hope that creating a positive experience makes our customers want to sing praises to other customers and prospects, and this shows that a significant group of people do just that. I was happy to see that that number was as high as it was, and I personally believe, Joey, that that is only going to continue to increase in the future as more and more companies figure out that by creating positive, remarkable experiences, you also create those word-of-mouth marketers that we are all chasing so hard. I totally agree, Dan. I mean, it's in many ways, it's shocking to find ourselves here at the beginning of 2019. And there are companies that still haven't fully bought into this. But I agree with you. It's certainly where the trend is going and how the customers are behaving. I think the thing that I found even more interesting, though, was the burning desire that customers have to influence companies to continue this behavior. So if you take the 28.33% that said they wanted to show the brand that they were thankful for the positive experience and the 19.67% that said they believed it would provide positive reinforcement to the brand, those combined scores indicate that 48% of people wanted the brand to know they appreciated the great customer experiences and to keep up the good work. Now, as you know, we're a show that doesn't often do a lot of math, but I found that math pretty interesting because in short, this means that about half of the respondents want their positive review to impact other prospects and customers shopping behavior and about half of the respondents want to impact the brand itself. So in short, that means that customers inherently understand something that you and I, Dan, preach all the time on this show. That is that customer experience is a huge differentiator in the world, and customers want brands to deliver even more of it. They try to acknowledge that when it happens. They want to reward the brands who do it when that happens. They want to share it with other people, and they really hope that the brands are listening, and much in the same way, and I say this respectfully, that we would acknowledge a child for making the right choice. They want to acknowledge the brand for delivering a positive experience so that hopefully the brand does it again. Well, and yeah, we talk about the idea of things being remarkable all the time. And one of the things that makes a positive experience remarkable, unfortunately, is that we still don't have very many of them. And so we want to tell people when we have them because it's unique. And I think what'll be really interesting to see is as more and more companies grasp onto this and positive customer experiences maybe become the norm, does this kind of a trend continue? I think we've got a long way to go. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I mean, I don't, good. don't get me wrong. I would love even more of it, but we've got some room to work, folks. Absolutely. So the other question that piqued our interest was as follows. If you were experiencing difficulty with a product or service, would you rather reach out to a customer service rep or find the solution yourself if you knew it was available online? Now, I have to say, before looking at the survey results, this is a really easy one for me. Right. But the survey results actually came out the opposite of what I would choose. Spoiler uh, alert. You are the outlier, my friend. Folks, I kind of have to admit I slipped this one in on Dan a little bit. I was like, oh, let's go with this question when we talk about the survey because we, Dan and I debate this back and forth pretty regularly based on our personal behaviors. But let's, let's share. I'm interrupting. Forgive me. Let's share what the stats were. So 60.25% said that they would rather reach out 
to a customer service representative, whereas only 35.5% said that they would rather find the solution themselves by searching online. Now, if I were an analyst of this data, I would be digging into age classifications first, because I believe that if you look at the millennial population, for example, it would be much, much higher on the finding the solution myself. And I think if you looked at the baby boomer population, it would be much, much higher on calling a customer service representative. And then you and I here in uh, Gen X, Joey, we sort of fall somewhere in the middle. And and obviously, because we, we end up on different sides of the same coin. But <laughs> that's one of the things I would look at next, because that is an extraordinary number that's still 60% in this digital age would rather talk to a customer service agent on the phone, given that we all know that that does not tend to usually be a positive experience. Absolutely. Well, I think what's interesting is folks who are interested in diving into the specific demographic breakdowns of that data, that data is provided in the 2018 CX index, the specific age breakdowns, which we'll get to and we'll tell you again where you can go get that. But what I found interesting about these specific results is not just that it reinforced what I believe, but these results reinforced a message that's been a part of every keynote I've given in the last year. And that is that customers, are dying for human connection. Now, as nice as automation and chatbots and self-service solutions are, when the chips are down, people want to talk to another human being. And what I think this also speaks to is that most companies self-serve or find the solution online tools are not nearly as easy to navigate or as robust in their solutions as most brands think. We haven't reached that point yet where you can migrate all of your customers to online automated solutions. And I don't think we're going to get to that point anytime in the near future. Humans want human connection. That's why I don't think of business as being B2C or B2B. I think of it as being H2H, humans interacting with other humans to find solutions, get answers, solve problems, and make life easier, better, faster, more convenient for everyone. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it is nicer to talk with a human for sure. And I think that you're also right that the online solutions often aren't as robust or aren't as useful as maybe calling and getting an answer. But I would challenge companies to start working to make both at really strong because yes, I think we do want to talk to a human, but sometimes the answer is simple enough that we just want to Google it. Right. And so when it's something like that, it should be very findable on your, you know, in some digital format because that's what people are are looking for. I, you know, who wants to call, wait on hold and have an overall 10 minute phone call in order to get a 30 second answer, right? Something that you could have found really easily. But for sure, when it gets more complex, uh, humans continue to rule. And I don't see automation taking them away anytime soon. Yay, people. To see what customers had to say about the value of customer experience, and if nothing else, to update or reaffirm all of those stats that our listeners use in internal presentations when they're trying to convince team members about the power of customer experience and the impact it can have both internally and externally in your organization, go download the Cytel 2018 CX Index. It's not only the most recent and up-to-date research that Dan and I have found on the impact of customer experience on your brand, but it's a great tool for being able to back up your beliefs on customer experience with real-life third-party survey results. 
Again, go to explore.cytel.com slash experience this and grab a copy of the 2018 CX Index today. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. So, Joey, did you have a very Merry Christmas? You know, Dan, I appreciate you asking. Yes, indeed, I did. And don't you know it? I had an experience that I thought would be a great conversation starter for this segment. We're not going to sing again, are we? No, no, we're not going to sing again. Folks, if you missed the singing episode, check out the Christmas episode of season two of the Experience This Show. No, we're not going to sing again. But what we are going to do is continue what you and I have done over the last two seasons and plan to continue to do into season three, which is try our best to pay attention to customer experiences that we're having and then use those as a catalyst for a deeper discussion here on the show, which is why I want to talk tonight today, whenever you're listening, about boxes. Boxes, eh? You guessed it. Boxes. Packaging. The way your purchases, your gifts, your goods reach you. In this era of e-commerce, my friend, things often arrive inside a package that is not the main package or the retail package that you designed for your product. And what's fascinating to me is to see which companies are taking advantage of that and how every brand can start to think differently about the design of their external external packaging, right? So the packaging for their packages. So here's how this went down. Leading up to Christmas, I ordered my wife Barrett a giant Lego set. Ooh, which one? (laughs) I love that you get as excited about Legos as our family does, Dan. Actually, it was the Lego Harry Potter Hogwarts Castle set, a whopping 6,020 pieces. And while the set was amazing and is amazing, and we could do a whole episode on that, let alone a segment, what really got my attention was the packaging. So picture this. It's a few days before Christmas, and a large nondescript brown cardboard box arrives in the mail. It's delivered by UPS, and it's plain. Even if you look at the return address, it's a nondescript, no brand name. It just seems like it came from a warehouse. Now, because it was addressed to me and because it was leading into the holidays, I was a little uh, stealthy in where I chose to open this. And when I did open the package, I saw some writing on the inside flap. And the inside flap, before you got to the meat deeper inside the box, said, why are Lego shop boxes so plain? You might have noticed that our shipping boxes are not quite as colorful and as exciting as our toys. There's a good reason for that. Many people order gifts for others from Lego shop. By keeping our boxes plain, we help gift givers keep their secrets. Aha! So Barrett wasn't going to be let in on the secret of the Hogwarts castle until it was time. Exactly. And I love this because they anticipated that people buy Legos as gifts, especially around the holidays, especially because maybe, you know, you're getting a gift for your spouse as I was or for your kids or someone else. And they help you out by recognizing that. And despite the fact that normally, as folks have probably seen, Lego boxes are very colorful and dynamic and show like exactly what you're getting in the set. 
the outside of their box is very plain. It doesn't even say Lego on it. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because, you know, of course, companies think that we want to see their logos on boxes and that it's a great time to market to us and et cetera. And so the fact that Lego has gone the opposite direction certainly makes it unique. And I think you're right that they're hitting on a potential pain point with customers, which is that they don't want the surprise ruined. And I'd say that's true for a lot of different kinds of gifts. You know what this reminds me a little bit of, Joey, is my dad, who, as you know, is a number one listener, <laughs> number one of, listener of the show. Gingis, uh, glad to have you listening. When he does uh, jigsaw puzzles, he does not like to look at the picture. So he wants to do the whole puzzle without ever having seen the picture. And it made it really difficult to give him jigsaw puzzles as presents, right? We actually would tape over the pictures so that he'd just get this box and shake it up. He'd be like, all right, yippee, it's a puzzle. And then he'd figure it out as he went along. But this is kind of similar, right? Because you're you're obviously getting... I know uh, my doorstep around the holidays is filled with Amazon packages. And it is nice to, uh, you know, especially when the kids are around, etc., to be able to just kind of bring in those brown boxes and uh, not have everyone know what you're doing. It is very nice. And Lego did a great job. And what's I love about it is the Lego experience started to happen even before the gift was given, which I absolutely loved. Now, take that experience and add on to it with an interaction that we had at our house shortly after the holidays. I came home one day, I grabbed the mail, and my wife had received a package in the mail from a company called Organifi. Now, for those of you that may not be familiar with the brand, I know I wasn't prior to this packaging arriving, Organifi offers a collection of health powders and proteins. Their most well-known offering is the gently dried superfood greens powder, all your healthy superfoods in one glass with no shopping, no blending, no juicing, and no cleanup. What, do you Definitely. just pour the powder down your throat? What's going yeah, on? You, you, you mix the powder with the water, right? And you just spin it up in the water and then you drink it and it's like eating two dump trucks full of broccoli or something mm. like that. And I mentioned this package was coming to my wife, not me. Maybe in 2019, I'll get a little healthier. But moral of the story is the part of this experience that intrigued me the most and from the outset was the packaging. Wait, Again, I, I, I actually a, guessed that this time, Joey. Yeah, surprising, right? <laughs> so what's interesting is, again... Plain brown cardboard box delivered via the post office. Now, this time there was an Organifi return address. But again, I didn't know what that brand was. When my wife opened the package, she immediately brought it to me and she's like, oh, you've got to see this because she knows I love paying attention to cool customer experiences. And what was on the inside of the box was that much more engaging. Now, picture a small cardboard box that has a jar of this powder in it. Now, obviously, the jar has designs around it, but the actual interior of the box has designs and messages. So when you lift open the top flap, it says, how to enjoy. Open box. And then in parentheses, it says, great job, by the way. And they've already checked that little box on the to-do list. Then underneath it says, make your first delicious drink. And then finally, the third step, find one thing you're grateful for today, parens, besides your Organifi. And then at the bottom of the box, in their brand colors, there's another message, which you'll have to go on the website, experiencethisshow.com, to see the episode 56 show notes to be able to see. But the fact that they actually did some messaging on the interior of the box definitely got my attention. 
I love when companies do that. And there's not many of them, although I'm going to give a little preview that we're going to talk about one of them in the next episode. But dun, dun, dun. I, I think it's really cool because it is you know, usually unused space. It certainly doesn't cost a lot to print something on on one of these boxes. And it does, you know, this message here, it's a little bit cheeky. By the way, uh, people, it didn't actually say, by the way, it said BTW. So, you know, the millennial friends can understand the abbreviation. My Gen Xing made me read that out and say BTW. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right, though. That I, is but I, I like that because it's a little bit cheeky and it definitely shows some brand personality. Personality. You know what's not on this is a logo, which I think is really yes. interesting, right? Because again, they're not trying to sell you. They've already sold you. So they're basically saying, hey, great job. Now go enjoy the product that you already bought. And I, I think that's a nice message. Yeah, I also loved that they skipped that action that many brands do is like, oh, tweet about us on social media that you love our brand or blah, blah, blah. They were just like, no, no, no. Make your drink. Be grateful for something, right? They leaned into it a little bit by saying, besides your Organifi, but they didn't try to do a call to action before I'd even sampled the product, which I appreciated. So as a reminder, go to experiencethisshow.com, episode 56, to check out images of the packaging we described from both Lego and Organifi and see the secret message that was underneath the jar of green superfood powder. And when it comes to your packaging, make sure you think about the package as well as the packaging that goes around your packaged item. Never miss the chance to make another required touchpoint into a remarkable touchpoint. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. We are so excited to bring you a brand new segment on this episode of the Experience This Show. Do, 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 do. It's called Listener Stories, and this is where you, our loyal listener, get to share your customer experience story with the world. First up is Stephanie Baiocchi, whom I had the pleasure of meeting when I spoke at her Chicago HubSpot Users Group event last month. Now, Stephanie, you might know, Joey, works at Impact, which is... Oh, the- yes, our good friends at Impact. Yes, this is the same sales and marketing organization as our mutual friend, Marcus Sheridan. And for longtime listeners, you may remember that we reviewed Marcus's amazing book, They Ask, You Answer, way back in episode four. Wow, that's taking us back, folks. Back when we were just young pups in the podcasting world. Exactly. Episode four, it seems like ages ago. So without further ado, let's hear Stephanie's story. Hey, Dan and Joey, it's Stephanie Baiocchi from Impact. I just had to share this story with you from New Year's Eve. So we decided we wanted to order pizza, Papa John's, our favorite. So I reached out on Twitter uh, the night before New Year's Eve, actually, saying that we wanted to order our favorite pizza, them, and making sure they were open. And we had a conversation. They confirmed that my store via my zip code would be open. Lo and behold, New Year's Eve rolled around and the app wasn't working. So I sent a screenshot on Twitter and said, I thought we had an agreement. Back and forth, back and forth on Twitter. They tried getting me to call. We DM'd for a bit. Didn't end up working. Uh, We ended up giving up and reaching out to Domino's, who also didn't answer and wasn't answering on the app. So we finally caved and just ended up 
putting in a frozen DiGiorno pizza that we had on hand just in case. Uh, so I tweeted a picture of us with it and said, well, DiGiorno for the win. It's not delivery because nothing was open, but DiGiorno to the rescue. And DiGiorno replied, saved the night with a party face emoji and a piece of pizza. So three different pizza companies in on one thread. We never did get our Papa John's, but fortunately DiGiorno saved the day. Now, if you don't mind, Joey, I'm going to take the commentary on this first because it kind of relates to my favorite social media channel. (laughs) None of our loyal listeners, including Stephanie, are surprised that we're going to let you go first on the Twitter topic. Well, and Stephanie, by the way, is a terrific tweeter. And so there's a reason why this happened to her because she she definitely engages with brands. But I think there's a few interesting things to unpack here that even go beyond Twitter. So first, I would say kudos to Papa John's because they responded promptly to Stephanie when she asked about their New Year's Eve hours. And even when she had her initial realization that her local store was closed, which was disappointing, they at least worked with her and tried to solve her problem. Now, the sad part of that interaction is that the social care team didn't seem to be properly equipped with the most up-to-date information to share with Stephanie, right? Because the store was closed, but they didn't seem to know that. And I talk about this in my book, Winning at Social Customer Care, that your social media care team is on the front lines with the customer. And so they're representing your company. They're framing the experience of not just that one tweeter, in this case, Stephanie, but everyone else watching the interaction and everyone that she shares it with. So it's absolutely critical that this team be the most informed team in the entire company about what's going on. Which, let's be honest, is an incredibly, incredibly difficult task. But guess what, kids? Uh, you know, the, the, there are no fruit cups that are being handed out for second place. You know, this is the expectation if you're going to be on Twitter. I do think they made a valiant effort, even though they weren't able to put a pizza into Stephanie's hands. But let's back up a minute here. Why is a pizza place not open on New Year's Eve? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I was getting to that. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. I, what amazes me is that neither Papa John's or Domino's were delivering. When we think about, I don't know about you, when I think about New Year's Eve, I think about having some friends over and celebrating and hanging out and having a good time. And when I think about doing that personally, and I know some people are different, I don't think about cooking for them. I think about having someone else do the cooking. And one of the easy solutions that most people coming to a part New Year's Eve party are going to like is, hey, we're going to get some pizzas for everyone. I think companies should pay attention to the customer needs and expectations that are associated with holidays like this. Now, I get it. Let's be clear for everyone listening who's saying, Joey, you don't have a heart. I get it that we're going to have to then have employees staffing the restaurant on New Year's Eve. But I think then it becomes a choice. You either are open and you're staffed and you do a ton of business, or you let all of your customers know in the month of December leading up to New Year's Eve that, hey, guess what, folks? Our employees are going to be celebrating and ringing in the new year as well. Therefore, we won't be available for pizzas on New Year's Eve. But if you want to order them early in the day, or if you want to order them the day before and reheat or something like that, they could be creative about it, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, this isn't Christmas or Thanksgiving or like some family holiday that you that's really important, right? <laughs> right. And I have to tell you, I used to deliver for Domino's when I was in high school, and I remember delivering on New Year's Eve. In fact, I remember one of my favorite stories, and I was just a young in and you know, in my teens, I showed up to a big party, and not only, of course, did they invite me in and, and want me to party with them, <laughs> but the host was let's just say, in an inebriated state. And he removed his hat and started passing his hat around to collect a tip for me. And it was a great tip. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. It was fantastic. Please tell me, please tell me somewhere, and Mr. and Mrs. Genghis, because I know you're listening too, if there's a photo of Dan dressed up in a Domino's delivery <laughs> outfit, I would pay good money for this, and we would do a special segment on Blast from the Past with Dan Genghis, Domino's delivery boy. It's possible, but not oh, probable let's hope, let's that hope. this exists. Listeners, we're going to do our best to track this down. All right. Well, anyway, I too was very surprised that these weren't open on New Year's Eve, and I think that's a big mistake. But let's shift then to sort of the star of the story, which is DiGiorno's Pizza. Now, as most people know, this is not a delivery option, right? So Stephanie ran out of delivery options. So she went into her freezer and she pulled out a DiGiorno's. And she even cited in her tweet, somewhat comically, their own uh, tagline, which is, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno's. And what I loved about this is that, first of all, that Stephanie's brave enough to just kind of call it as she sees it and call out the brands uh, associated. But the th- And second of all, forgive me, that Stephanie is cool enough to have a DiGiorno's on backup yeah. at all times, <laughs> right? That was the piece of the story I liked. It was like, hey, Stephanie, oh, don't you worry. I got some DiGiorno's on ice, you know? Exactly. We'll bring that out. Take care of everyone. Yeah, so it's very well done. And I, I mean, kudos to the DiGiorno's team because they answered quickly and they answered with a very quick response, but I think in a hilarious fashion. And they did save the evening. They saved New Year's and kudos to them. I think it's a great story. And it just goes to show that you know when you treat your customers and your fans well, and when you listen and engage with them back, they become even more loyal. And so Stephanie told me this story when I was speaking at her conference. And then I said, of course, we got to share this with our audience. And so now look at what DiGiorno's has gotten out of it just because they decided to engage back with a customer. I agree, Dan. There's two things that I find particularly fascinating about this. Number one, it goes beyond social media and it's about knowing your customers. And what's cool is the DiGiorno brand is not about delivery. It's about being able to do it at home. And so they've set themselves up to kind of battle the delivery options. So they're never going to be the ones that are delivering or not delivering as it may be on New Year's Eve, but they have the opportunity because of the nature of their product to quote unquote deliver the goods, deliver the meal, save the night. And I love that their social media was paying attention to that. I think the second thing is again, being available and ready for your customers when they're having problems and being able to offer actual solutions. You know much better than I do the many, many tales from social media of brands jumping in when another brand is failing and saving the day. And I think this is the era we're getting into. And to your point earlier, the world is watching. When these exchanges are occurring between restaurants, for example, and one restaurant is failing and another restaurant swoops in to save the day, it gets really interesting really fast thinking about how those customer experiences contribute to the overall brand value and reputation. 
Absolutely. So the rest of our listeners must be wondering, how do I get my story included in a future episode of Experience This? Well, it's simple. Go to experiencethisshow.com. Go to the upper right-hand corner and click on Contact. And on that page, you will see a big orange button that says Start Recording. And as long as you are on any device that has a mechanism to record your voice, a phone, a computer, a laptop, anything, you can leave us a message just like Stephanie did, and we will include your story on a future episode. We've talked. You've listened. Now it's time to act. There are many things you could do to take what you've learned in this episode and implement it. But at times, that can feel overwhelming. Instead, why not just focus on three takeaways? Takeaway number one, why are you focused on creating remarkable customer experiences for your customers? Is it to get them to sing your praises to prospects and fellow customers alike? Is it to show them you really care? Is it to engage your own employees in a deeper, more meaningful way? Research shows that the more a brand pays attention to its customers, the more the customers will pay not only in terms of dollars paid to the brand, but in terms of goodwill and recommendations paid forward in the marketplace. Takeaway number two, does the outside of your brand packaging reflect the desired customer experience? Have you considered how your customers will receive your products? Is the packaging around your packaging, i.e. the packaging that your package arrives in, as remarkable as your well-designed retail packaging? Don't miss the opportunity to take a required element of your business, a shipping box, and turn it into a piece that engages your customers, like the Organifi box, or acknowledges their common use cases, like giving Lego sets as a gift. Make sure that you're always striving to make the required remarkable. Takeaway number three, are you listening to your customers on social media? And are you there for them with accurate, up-to-date information when they need you? When two pizza delivery companies failed our listener Stephanie on New Year's Eve, a frozen pizza company, DiGiorno, was there to save the day, both literally and figuratively. The company's short, snappy retort claiming to have saved the night set the perfect tone for someone who is now likely a customer for life. It might be time to revisit your social customer care agent's training to ensure that they are completely ready for anything they might face in 2019. And those are the three takeaways for this episode. Now that the episode is wrapping up, don't forget to head over to experiencethisshow.com episode 56, where you can download our Take It to the Team Worksheet. This is brand new for Season 3. The worksheet reviews the three takeaways from this episode and serves as a conversation starter for you to have discussions with your colleagues about your customer experience based on the examples we highlighted in the episode. Go check out this new listener bonus we've created for Season 3 today at experiencethisshow.com, Episode 56. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This! We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear, 
This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.